We are taking it from Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 to 11. Amen. So I read, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. We thank God so much. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful to you for what you've led us to be able to raise in towards the building of your the place of worship for your people. We bless you for every heart that's scraped, that's searched, that's sacrificed to, to, to sow seed and give towards this project. Father, we pray that your mercy will reach every heart, every home, every business in the name of Jesus. And multiply to us even as we have given in Jesus' name. That God, the tears that were shed, the pain that people went through in order to make this even a reality, Lord, you will restore unto them in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we bless you. As we turn to look into your word, bless your word into our lives like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell yourself, I am the light of this world. I am the light of this world. I am the light of this world. I am the salt of this earth. I am the salt of this earth. I am a city on a hill. I am a city on a hill. I cannot be hidden. I shall manifest. I shall manifest Christ Jesus in this year as the light of this world. As the light of this world. As the salt of the earth. In the name of Jesus, I will manifest in my home. I will manifest in my business. I will manifest in my family. I will manifest wherever I am. I will manifest Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. That is who you are. You are the light of this. You are not a light. You are the light of this world. Darkness has no control over you. The darkness has no control over you. Neither has any activity of darkness any power over you because you are the light of this world. Jesus said it, we believe it, and that settles it. There's no controversy about that. You are the salt of this earth. 
So you bring preservation against any form of decadence around you in the name of Jesus. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is part of the new creation reality of every child of God. So believe it and pray it and become it in Jesus' name. This year, our theme is Manifest Christ Jesus. And we believe that after God has led us to be rooted in Christ Jesus, it is time this year to manifest our rootedness and the things Christ has planted in us as a result of having been rooted in Christ, let us begin to manifest it. Hallelujah. Let's manifest it and we hope to reflect Jesus Christ in various ways by sharing the gospel, by being one in Christ Jesus through Christ-like discipleship. We want to manifest him also in joyous giving. We will be doing this as we travel mainly through the book of Philippians. To the book of Philippians. Now, the book of Philippians came about because the man Paul went on a missionary journey. And that is the, the, the path of the man on his missionary journey. Starting from the far left, sorry, far right corner down, that is Caesarea, all the way, the things are a bit small, so you might not see from that far. But all the way, the blue circle, or is it an ellipse? Mathematicians, I think that's like more like an ellipse. Elliptical object rather than, than a circle. So that is where Philippi is. So the man walked all the way and then took some boat or whatever and went to Philippi to do ministry over there. And then it was at that place and a lady by the name Lydia gave her life to Christ. It was at that place that the jailer and her fami his family also gave their life to Christ after an earthquake whilst Peter, sorry, Paul and Silas were in jail singing. So approximately 61 AD this book came about and um, Paul wrote it whilst he was in prison as Nero's prisoner with some chain on his leg. He has been chained to another soldier so that he will not run around preaching the dangerous gospel. Because if the gospel is not that dangerous, the man will not be as dangerous as he is portrayed to be dangerous. And if you are not a dangerous criminal, they don't put chains on you. And because Paul was a dangerous criminal, they had to put chains on him. And the dangerous thing he was doing was preaching the gospel. Creating chaos all over the world. Hallelujah. And thank God that even though the, the man was chained, the gospel in him was not chained. So he could still be writing whilst he was still in chains. Hallelujah. He wrote to express appreciation and affection to the people of Philippi. The church in Philippi. And then also um, the deacons and pastors over there as well. So the book has four main parts. It focuses on Christ as the life of the Christian. So Christ, the Christian's life, we believe that based on that, we must manifest by proclaiming the gospel. If Christ is our life, 
Let's proclaim him. Amen. If Christ is our pattern, let's manifest him in the oneness he portrays in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If Christ is the object of our faith, desire, and expectation, then we must manifest him through discipleship. Being discipled and discipling others as well. Then if Christ is our strength, giving us strength to produce wealth, to be able to work, to be able to go about and do the things we do, then we must do so. We must also give joyously. Hallelujah. So this is how we'll be traveling through the book of Philippians. And we may be talking about other things as well. So, but mainly this year will be Philippians. Hallelujah. So let's go straight into today's the theme. Let me speak briefly about the theme. At the beginning of every quarter, we will come and speak a little about the quarter, the theme of the quarter, and then we'll move on. So I'm giving a global view today about what this whole theme about manifest Jesus Christ is about. Hallelujah. We have read the text already, so I won't go into it. I'll go straight into the meat of it. The first thing that this text tells us is the divinity of Jesus Christ. Christ is of the divine nature. Christ is of the divine nature. He is part of the divine nature. The only begotten son of God. Which the Pharisees understood very well. So when he said, they asked him, are you the son of God? And he said, that is what you have said. They said, ah, we don't need anything anymore. The man has even finished himself. He, he said he is the son of God, making himself equal with God. To Jesus, that was the truth. It wasn't a heresy. But to them, it was a heresy. Jesus is God. When S.P. was praying, he talked about how he is the Father, the Son, and the Holy are one and in a, it is inexplicable and it is a mystery. And I love it that way. I know a religion that believes that or a certain group of church, if I like, if you like, that thinks that it cannot be that the Father and the Son and the Spirit can be one. It is not possible. So, the father is separate and the son is a creature. So is the Holy Spirit to them. So the father created the son. But you see, when you go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8. Please project Hebrews 1 8. Project Hebrews 1 8. The father was speaking about the angels. To the angels he said, so so and so. To this he said, when he came about the son, see what the father said about the son in Hebrews 1.8. The father speaking about the son. But about the son, he says, your throne, oh God. The father is referring to the son as God. Your throne, oh God, will last forever and ever. A, a scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. Amen? It is a mystery. And if my God ceases to be a mystery, I think I'll fold up. Hallelujah. I love my God to remain a mystery. 
He is God. He is one. But he operates in three offices as fullness and in the fullness of his, the Godhead. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Still of God. Some people try to explain it and say it is like your finger and you can find a distinction between the knuckles and that is the father's son. It is not explainable that way. If God is one, he can't be three. If God is three, he can't be one. He is one. Hallelujah. So, it is not like compartmentalized knuckles of the finger because in the case of God there is no compartmentalization it's one block father one block son, one block spirit hallelujah and if you can't understand it that is why he is God and you are man praise the Lord so I need us to understand this nature of Christ as his God the Bible says that he did not consider being God something to be grasped. Now, you need to understand that very carefully. What he's saying is that Christ did not consider himself or did not think it an invasion of a right which did not belong to him. Being referred to as God is his right. If you want to take on something that is not your right, to exercise that right, you will feel a certain element of guilt. But there is no iota of guilt in Christ being God. Amen? Because it is his right to exercise. Hallelujah. So he has that right. But he did something else which shows that he didn't even want to exercise that right. But it was his right and he will not alienate himself from it in any way. He has no sense of guilt. He must not have it. That it is not mine. I'm just trying to appropriate it. No, it is not like that. It is his right. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. Hallelujah. So Christ is God. Amen. So he has all the power. And he has it so much that even in human form, when the, 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 the Roman soldiers and co came, wanted to arrest him, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus the Christ. He said, I am he. When he said, I am he, the people fell down. Still full of power and authority. Hallelujah. But he, he did something strange in the midst of that godness that he has. Being one with God. Hallelujah. So, what did he do? Number two, he took on human nature. He did not or he was not made human. Please, we need to understand it very carefully. Jesus Christ himself, God himself, took on the human nature. Me and you, we, we, we were made to become humans. A certain man and a certain woman, humans, decided to conceive us and gave birth to us. But in the case of Christ, he took
took it on to become human. Now that is, it is, it is difficult to do that God in his fullness of being God would not consider the equality with God which is his inalienable right. Something to hold on to. But decide that I want to come down to a human level. That is what the Bible says. He humbled himself. Hallelujah. He humbled himself and took on the human nature and became obedient. So Christ's humility is premised on two things. Number one, obedience. Even obedience unto death. Number two, becoming a servant to serve not only as the servant of the father, but the servant of the human beings he has come to be like. That is humility. Humility is not walking in a very solemn, holy, giving a hajj, gentle. Oh, this brother is very gentle. This sister is very humble. You can't even hurt a fly. That is not humility. He dresses, he wears a long katan. And has a nice, well-trimmed beard. And walks gently. Oh, he's a humble brother. No. Humility, Christ portrayed it carefully to us. Obedience. Even unto death. Meaning that even in times where it is difficult to obey, Jesus obeyed. That is humility. It is difficult. It is, see, it is very easy to obey in good times. When everything is fine, it's very easy to obey. When things are moving well, it is so easy to obey. For those of us who love tea, if you love tea like me, I love tea. And you drink it little by little in a small cup, not the jerry can. Little by little. And then you see, when you put the tea bag in cold water, you see that the tea bag feels as if there's no difference between being in the box and the water. And the cold water, the same environment, approximately equal. So it doesn't really show much of its uh, 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 character. But pour hot water onto the tea bag or put it in tea, boiling water. Then all of a sudden, it will start jumping out and showing you its real character and conduct and behavior and attitude and colors. That is what it is about us human beings. When it is easy to obey when everything is fine. But let difficulties come. Can we still remain in obedience? That is where humility is measured. If you can obey and obey even in the time of difficulty, that is when we are talking about humility. And be in service to God and service to man, not only as servants, but you see, my scripture says that he was made into a bond servant. 
A born servant is more of a slave kind of servanthood. A servant who has no say, sit down, yes sir. Get up, yes sir. Go here, yes sir. Come here, yes sir. Give this, yes sir. Do that, yes sir. That is what service is about. And Jesus said that even in that service for us, when we do it, we should come back and acknowledge that we only did what we were told to do. Which means that left on our own, regardless of our anointing and education, we will mess it up. We can only do it by the instruction he gives us. Hallelujah, church. That is humility. Quickly, in all this humility, number four, sorry, number three, the first one is Christ's divine nature. Number two, he took on the, the form of a man. Okay? He took the form of a man, which is something he took by himself. He said, look, this is my life. It's mine. I choose to lay it down and I can take it up. It is his. He chose to do it alone. He was not compelled or made to be like it. No, no, he, 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 he did it voluntarily by himself. So his servanthood, his obedience, his humility is an act of choice. Now, coming from the height of God, that is a tough call to us. Let this mind be in you. Even from that order of a height of the call of the Godhead, he could come down to that level. The small title you have attained. Little obedience you don't want to obey. Meanwhile, we are saying we want to manifest Christ Jesus in this year. Church, the next thing I'll share with us, next point, is that Christ was exalted. From that level of obedience, he was exalted. He was exalted and, uh, and given a name, an honor and given a name above every other name for what he did. Such that things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth should obey. They should bow down to Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? The name Jesus and the person Jesus, there is no difference. The person is his name. His name is the person. Hallelujah. So the authority in the name Jesus, I can submit to you that the authority is in the, in the name Jesus is derived from the authority in the person Jesus. So when you are using the name Jesus, you are actually drawing on the authority in the person. Hallelujah. That is why it is so efficacious. That is why it is so powerful. It is not just a name that is placed on somebody for anything. It's a name that is premised on the authority in the person of Jesus Christ. The person who died and humbled himself and died and did all those things, the person, the person, the person went to a very far extent to become a certain deliverer for us. That person is the person whose name we are talking about. And the name has authority because of the person. So anytime you pray in the name of Jesus, you are talking about in the name of a certain person. And 
there must be results. Hallelujah. Are you following me, church? Christ was exalted. And after he was exalted, he gave us authority to go out there and be like him. One of the scariest scriptures I have come across is, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. I said, ah! <laughs> as the Father has sent me, so send I you. But he's sending us with the authority that he has obtained for us after going through this whole process. He came up with authority and he's sending you and I with that authority. Go out there and manifest me to this world. Hallelujah. So you and I have the honor of an onerous assignment. I don't know how that works. The honor of a big job. The honor of a difficult task. The honor of a demanding task. But the beauty of it is that Jesus said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Christ is exalted for us. And my last point, in this Christ being exalted, he says therefore that we should let this mind be in us. We should let this mind, the attitude of coming down to obedience, no matter how difficult it is to obey, if we cannot be obedient, we cannot be servant. I mean, people who serve, we are not candidates for humility. Humility is seen portrayed by Christ clearly. And taking the form of a servant and a born servant. So you and I, all your whatever you have gathered. I saw a certain man's complimentary card. And the accolades or the titles or the degrees run from one end to the other and the next line. Whilst others only write one, the highest one they have attained. They just put it there. This man has his diploma, his certificate level diploma, his first degree, his master's, his second master's and third master's, and then his professional course, and he has all the things over there. And, and, and what betrays you when you are acknowledging him and you don't say any of those things in order? He will remind you, this one came first. You forgot about that other one too. And this other one. <laughs> Hallelujah, church. Have you noticed that in academia, in academia, the higher people learn, professorial, emeritus, they live a very simple life. Those who are studying, 
and they just got some masters. And they have gotten maybe some postgraduate. Hey! Hey! Well, a professor who has been working for years and has added and has added and has added so much to knowledge, the body of knowledge, is working about in a very simple way. Hallelujah. Church, you and I have to develop that attitude. Come down to the level of obedience and servanthood. That is the way you and I can manifest in 2024. Hallelujah. Can manifest Jesus Christ. He showed us the way to manifest. If we don't do that, God himself will oppose us for he opposes the proud. He resists the proud. And it is, I cannot just imagine it that you, you are going somewhere and God is resisting you. You are, you are cooked. May we not be resisted by God. Hallelujah. But let's come down to the level of obedience. As pastors in our church, let us come down to obedience in Christ. As deacons, heads of various auxiliaries and groups in our church, let's settle down with obedience, humility, obedience, obedience in Christ. Regardless of how difficult it is, once it is of God, let us submit ourselves to obedience. That is the way up. The way up is down. Hallelujah. The way up is down. The way up is not up. The way up is down. Hallelujah. This year is a year of your own manifestation of Jesus Christ. In so many areas. In your home, in your business, in your health, in your finances, you will manifest Jesus Christ. That is our theme and that is what we are aiming at and heading for. And we are saying that the way Jesus did it and set a pattern for us, may we also follow that pattern so that what happened in the case of Christ as he was exalted, he gave us the authority so that we too can be exalted, can be lifted. Amen? To manifest him. In any area of our lives. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this? When I started, I said, you are the light of this world. See that as literal as you can. Amen. Don't use literature and tell me about onomatopoeia and euphemism and, and, and what? Alliteration. Jesus said, you are the light of this world. Amen? So, that means you must shine. And shine and let no darkness have any authority around you. See that in your mind's eye. Anything called darkness, anything called darkness cannot survive around your house. It can't survive in your business. It can't survive in your home, in your marriage. It can't survive in your body. If it is darkness, you are the light. You are the light. You are the salt of this earth. You bring taste, preservation against any form of decadence. That is who you are. 
Jesus pronounced you so. And that is who you are. It is your birthright. Exercise it. Hallelujah. To see it in your mind's eye. Amen. Amen. See, one of the things that the Lord showed me one of these days, very interesting. I was like, ah, I thought I knew this already. But maybe it just came back to me again. Is that in our world, we say seeing is believing. Correct? Seeing is believing. And we say it as children of faith that no, you have to believe first before you see. Is that right? Great. Great. But we also know that the things that are physical happen first in the realm of the spirit. Do you understand? And God told Abraham that as far as you can see, it shall be yours, correct? So why don't I see in the realm of the spirit, as far as I can see, in connection with my health, let me see it in the realm of the spirit that I have been healed, I should see it and believe it. So once I can see it, I believe it. If I can see it, then in the realm of the spirit, what the world has been professing that seeing is believing, in the realm of the spirit, seeing is believing. Amen? Go ye therefore and manifest Christ. The authority has been given to us. Let us see in our mind's eye what God has completed for us, what Jesus has finished for us, what he has done for us. See it in your mind's eye that it is done, it is settled. And when you see it, you know if I can see it, I will believe it. Hallelujah. Once you see it, you believe it. And what you believe, you become. In fact, what you believe, you behave. You behave by saying it, by declaring it, by professing it, by declaring it. Because I have seen it. I am behaving it. And as I behave it, I become it. As I behave it, I become it. See, there will be healings in this house that you have no understanding how it happened. Because individuals here will be manifesting Jesus Christ at their homes, their offices, authoritatively authoritatively, authoritatively. Hallelujah. So if I am here, I want to show you that Jesus is in me. This thing cannot happen here. Hallelujah. That is your portion in 2024. God bless you, church. Amen. We thank God so much for the word. Reverend, God bless you so much. Amen. And I, I, I want to believe that God has spoken clearly to us. And wherever you are seated, if you can just bow your head with me for a minute or two.
one of the things that I proved very clearly was that manifesting Christ requires that we live like he did. Manifesting Christ requires that you and I live like he did. Though he was God, he served and was humble. He was God. He created the world. So, which means that everybody, once he shows up on this earth, we are all supposed to serve him. So, like the CEO you are in your office, like the managing director, like the boss in that company, it means that once you show up in that company, everybody automatically is supposed to serve you. But Christ didn't do that. He showed up in the world that he created and he still served the people he put in here. Maybe this year, a new leader, a new boss, a new CEO, a new MD has to be born out of you as you seek to manifest Christ. Maybe when you go to the office this year, you are not looking and waiting for them to serve you like it has been all this while. The other day we were doing some work and I was speaking around rubbish and all that. Somebody came and tapped me and said, no, 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 stop that. You are a pastor. You are not supposed to do these things. And I said, no, this is how I'm supposed to do. I'm a part of the committee and we are all working. That's how we are supposed to be. This morning, the word of God has come. I'm not here to preach, but I'm here to challenge somebody. That as you go back to where you are the big boss, you're going back to serve, not to be served. That is one way you are manifesting Christ. Can you speak to God and say, Lord, I want the humility with which you walked on the face of this earth. This is your response right now. You are a believer already. You are saying, Lord, I want the humility with which you operated on this earth. That you created your own world. You created human beings. And you came into the world you created. Lived among these human beings. And you served them. I want to do that in the office. I want to serve my employees. I want to serve my colleagues. I want to serve the people that I'm in the office with. That's your reaction and that's what your response should be this morning as a born again believer. So wherever you are seated, from the sincerity of your heart, talk to God. We cannot manifest Christ when we hear messages like this and we don't begin to strive to live what we have heard. Pray that you'll be humble in everything you do. Pray that you will shine. That you will shine. That you want to shine. When a light is in a place and it's shining, people don't say, ah, this is light. Everybody knows. Say the Lord, this year I want to shine. There are people, I remember when I was young, people they are going to church, they hide their Bibles. Because in their community, in their home, they are not shining. This year, that will not be anybody's story. People are not even able to let people know they go to church in the offices. Pray. Lord, I want to shine wherever I am. <laughs> Pray. Lord, I want to shine. But you see, the beautiful thing is that if you are here and you want to shine, if you are here 
and you want to manifest Christ, you must first have a relationship with Christ. So this morning, I want to invite everyone here that does not have a relationship with Christ to have one with him. To acknowledge him as your Lord. Usually we say that you want to make him your Lord. But no, he's already Lord. But you want to acknowledge Jesus as the Lord of your life. Wherever you are seated. As the, the choir helps us. And we take the invitation on him. We want to ask you. That if you want to acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus in your life. This is the chance. As we are praying now. If you are here and you want to become a Christian. A born again believer. Please wherever you are. We'll take the first answer. I want you to reflect over it. Am I a Christian truly? And then I'll bring you the invitation. Please, wherever you are seated, if you are already a born again believer, can you pray and say that, Lord, just in case the brother or the sister by my side is not saved, may he respond. Pray. Please, I want you to pray wherever you are seated. Jesus, 
as the Lord of your life. We want to invite you right now, if you can just show your hand wherever you are seated. If you want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you just want to show your hand wherever you are seated. We want to pray with you. We want to agree with you in prayer. And if you are here also, before we take the last stanza, and you have been visiting us in this church, but you are not a member of this church, this is another opportunity for you to say, I want to become a part of this church. I want to be a member that will show you and will take you through the steps. Maybe also you are already born again and you are a member of a particular church, a Baptist church, and you have been coming here, but you are not, it doesn't automatically make you now a member of Calvary Baptist Church. If you want to be also, you have to still raise your hand. Then we can help you to do the necessary arrangements to get the transfer to come here. So as we take the last stanza, if you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, if you want to be a member of the church, we just want you to stand to your feet wherever you are. We want to pray with you and we know that the story will be good going forward. Let's take the last stanza. you can just stand to your feet, hold the hand of a brother or a sister. I know it's usually a bit uncomfortable when we do things like this. But we are going to take the chorus again. And, and I want you to speak it into the life of that brother or that sister. Let him know, sister, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Look at that brother or that sister. Tell him that because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Yes, sir. Because he lives, because he lives, all fear is gone. Let's go on. Because I know, I know. He, holds the future. he holds the future, and life is worth, and life is worth. The, living the living just because he lives. Can we take it from the top again? Look at the brother, look at the sister. You might be holding the hand of somebody who is contemplating suicide, and you don't even know. Let's take it again. No, 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 not that song, please. Not that song. Yes, not that song yet. Say it to them as it is on the scripture, as it is on the notice board. Say it. Say, because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, our fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. 
life is worth the living just because he lives. Put your hands together for Jesus and give God a shout. He lives. We can face tomorrow. Can we take our seats? And in, in the quietness of your heart, just say thank you to God. That you will face tomorrow. Because he lives. That all fear is gone. Because he lives. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We are grateful, Lord. That because you live, we can face tomorrow. That because you live, all fear is gone. Because we know you hold the future. What we are afraid of that is even ahead. Father, you are already in that future and you are in charge of it. So Lord, it is well. It is well with our homes. It is well with our businesses. It is well with our children. It is well with our everything because you live. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.